welcome to the Creators Podcast. My name is Richard Beatty, and today we're going to be speaking to Sorin and Tina Casicho. Did I get that right? No. <laughs> so, Sorin and Tina, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> okay, let, let's get your names right first. Sorin, that's correct. Yes. And Tina Caccio. Caccio. Yes, so there's an interesting story even even behind your name. Um the way the, the way your name was actually changed. But uh yeah, so Sorin's a tattoo artist. Um we first met at Tina. Where did we meet? Doncaster. We didn't meet at Doncaster. We met at London. London. Yeah, so we met. We met at the London convention, the the the, the amazing London tattoo convention. Um, but I first seen Sorin at Doncaster tattoo convention. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I, I remember the moment because um, there was a really awful comedian on the stage all weekend, busy ruining the the the, the whole thing and. Um, you guys actually walked through a, the crowd of people that were sat listening to this. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you walked right through this crowd right in front of the stage. And, you know, um, you're a big guy, you know, and, and like you, you look like Goliath walking through this thing. And I was like, yeah. wow, look at this guy, you know. I always, uh, people <laughs> said that I... His security. <laughs> he thought she's an artist, and I was just, you know, supervising her. Yeah, be safe. And um, so, that, you know, you created quite an impression just just walking in front of the stage there. And then later on, obviously, we we, we met at London and um, got talking. And I've been uh, trying to get you to come and guest up at uh, my studio in Carlisle, Immortal Art Studio in Carlisle, um, for quite a while now. And you're here, you've spent a week with us and you're going to be coming yeah. back again and yeah. um, do, do, doing some more more amazing tattoos. So, um, yeah, welcome welcome to the podcast, guys. It's uh, it's you. great great to have you yes. here. Yes. Yeah, you, you, you're more than welcome. So, really looking forward to this. It's uh, I've not done a podcast in a while. Um, there's been a lot <laughs> happening. You've never done one at all. <laughs> um, well, um, for me, I think this is episode 11 and... Um, uh, the, the first 10 kind of happened quite quickly and I've had a bit of a break. Um, I've recently been in hospital and uh, it just came out of hospital and that's why you're here to actually help me with my, exactly. with my diary and uh, help uh, help look after my clients. So I really appreciate you being here. Um, th- thank you. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, so, so, so let's get into it. Um, so obviously what, 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 what we're going to talk about is, is the where things started for Sorin. Now, obviously, you're from Romania. And what, what part of Romania are you from? Well, we are from everywhere, actually. Yeah. But I was born in uh, Romania, mm, kind of west side of the country. Yeah. Uh, close to Timisoara, between Timisoara and Brasov. It's a small town. Yeah. Nice historical place. Yeah. And... Um, I've 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 been to Romania when when we did the Bucharest Tattoo Convention and um, I was saying to you when we f- when we flew in the the landscape is just absolutely uh, amazing. Obviously, it's a it's a big country and a lot of a lot of it seems 
unpopulated, you know, so... Yeah, um, it looks like it. I mean, even some people are familiar with this, with Nostradamus, he said that our country is the cradle of civilization. So it might be true or not, I don't know. But it's really beautiful, as you said. Yeah, yeah, very beautiful. It sounds like there's a, a lot of history there that, oh, yeah. uh, that yeah. obviously... Um, and, and Tina, we, are you from a... Where same place. Same, same, same area, place. yeah? Same yeah. So... What was it like being little, Sorin? I can't imagine you being little because you're so big, but... Um. Uh, yeah, well, we'll get to this later, but whatever you put in your head, probably in the end is going to happen. Yeah. So when I was small, I always wanted to get big really fast. Yeah. So I was <coughs> kind of short and skinny till I was about 16 years old, and then all of a sudden I started to grow. You know, like a tree, you put some water and it just grow. And I still uh, start growing until I was 25. Mm -hmm. And from that age, I stopped growing, but I was still skinny until I was 35. Then, you know, like everybody, I start to put a bit of weight on. But to start from the beginning. Yeah, let's uh, go. Let's go from the uh, beginning. <laughs> well, I'm. I was born in a big family. Mm -hmm. We are like. Uh, Five brothers and sisters, well, seven with parents. We were living in a small room altogether, probably smaller than this place, in the studio. And um, when I was you know, four or five years old, I hated going to the kindergarten. So I always fled into the forest, trying to, you know... Make fires. Yeah, set do whatever. <laughs> Everything I found there was interesting. Insects or a shiny stone, yeah. like your opal. Yeah. Yeah, everything was interested, but the kindergarten. Yeah. And that was because I had a really bad experience on a drawing lesson. When the teacher said, okay, kids, today we're going to start drawing. House, tree, or whatever you want. And everybody's starting to draw the same thing, like a stick man in a house, and, you know, usual kids do. And I said, okay, I need to do something different. And I started drawing whatever it was in my head. And then when the lady came and looked at the other kids, it was oh, nice, nice. And with mine, I said, what, what is this story? What does this represent? She didn't know how to look at it. Yeah. I tried to open her eyes. She said, look, you see, there's a waterfall. Uh, there's a path. There's a little cabin in the woods. You can't really see it because it's in the woods. Mm -hmm. And she started laughing. In that moment, I said, this is not a place for me. So from the next day, I just ran away every single day. I couldn't, you know, go there. But there was a moment when I hated school. Mm -hmm. And there was even before. That's, that's interesting, yeah. actually, because we've had a very similar experience there. Yeah. Um, when I was, oh, I was in primary school and... Uh, the, the, we were painting animals, yeah. and the, I painted a gorilla, and I p painted a gorilla with a chest and muscles, and and the, it, it had nipples because yeah. gorillas have nipples. And the the teacher came along and she says, "That's rude, Richard. Paint over it. Paint, oh. paint over it." And I was like, "No, but that's what the gorilla looks like." And she says, "No, it's rude. Paint over it." And from that day. 
I completely rebelled from school because I knew that the teachers were telling me something that wasn't true. They were ma- they were making me exactly. do something that, that, that wasn't right. And the the you know it's it's, it's a very similar situation. Yeah, it's you, amazing you, how and you are taught from from the kids to think all the same. Yeah, yeah. If you try to do something different, you are under like an outcast. Yeah, yeah. I knew that is not the place for me. Yeah. So the woods, the forest was my actually escape. Yeah. So did you did you struggle at school then when you went into school with how? Uh, not really. I was quite smart, you know. I mm. was reading books all the time, so I I had a quite vast, you know, knowledge about anything. Mm-hmm. So going to school to me was nothing new. Mm. It was just lessons that I had to memorize and try to get a grade for it. Mm. But it wasn't something that I didn't knew it before, mm. like geography or history or whatever. I knew it from the books because I had a quite fast uh, library. You were already yeah. you were you'd already educated yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. through the things I learned in the school. It was not helping me at all. Yeah. So I didn't pay attention to school. Yeah. But that's why I'm here. That's yeah. <laughs> so in Romania, what what's the school time? When do you finish school? High school. Uh, How old? Age uh, about eighteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you you came out of school. Um, obviously you you did quite quite you well see, at the school. school. When you finish the school, you have to do a, like a test. I don't know how you call it here. Exams. Exams. Yeah. yeah. And school exam. I didn't learn anything for that exam because it doesn't matter what you try to memorize. The chances to get to whatever you thought of is not going to happen. So I went there unprepared. Yeah. But because I read a lot, I knew it all. Yeah. So I had the biggest grade in the school, even though I didn't learn anything. <laughs> then I realized, see, you go to school for nothing mm. if you don't read and you're not actually interested in what you're doing. Yeah. School is just, you know, uh, trying to send you on a path that is not yours. Yeah, it's the path that they want you to, and, and that path is uh, get an education yeah. and get a job, exactly. you know. Safe. Yeah, and, 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 and then you'll, you, you'll, you'll climb the ranks and then you maybe become a manager and then eventually you'll retire and, yeah, and, and then, you know, get a pension. And, and for, I think for, for creative people, um, it's it's generally not the path, and they do try and form you into something because they don't know how to deal with people who uh, are thinkers. Really, they only know how to deal with people who are followers, and uh, you know they just want people who are obedient and exactly. and following that, that instructions. Problem in my life. Yeah. Obedience. Right? Yeah. So to go back when I was seven, usually there were gyms around yet town like anywhere else the trainer used to go to the school and try to recruit people mm-hmm. young kids to go there and I was so impressed about the, the gym the smell the, the mattress and everything they were dressed and I joined um, a club it was for uh, Greek Roman Greek wrestling mm-hmm. and I did that for about eight years uh, so that gave me uh, a way to control myself my behavior you know to be more mm. discipline discipline exactly that's the word 
And after that, growing up, I realized that, okay, this is not that popular, you know, going in a suit around like that, like, you know. And I started going to lifting weights. Mm-hmm. And from that point, lifting weights and doing martial arts, my discipline went another level. Mm. And when I finished the school, in that time, every young man had to go to join the army. It was national service. National service, national yeah. Service, yeah. And there, uh, well, probably you know, you just go naked with uh, tests. Yeah, uh-huh. more tests. Yeah, there were a lot of doctors testing you, taking blood, taking this, standing one foot, doing this, eyesight and everything. Yeah. But in the end, I was choosing to go to Bucharest, which is the capital of Romania, mm-hmm. and doing service in the National Guard. There in the National Guard, it was another test selection, selection right? And I was selected, uh, it was just uh, 40 people from the Old whole country. country. Right. And we were supposed to be trained to guard the president and the other diplomats that are coming visiting the country. So that I was I was doing when I was doing my national service. And so, so was that like 18, 19, 18. Yeah, straight out of school yeah. then? And that's the so instead of doing the, the normal national service, you went and went to a... S- More strict. Yeah, 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 yeah. You actually went straight into yeah. the... Yeah. Um, that's that's what you're doing, yeah. you know, the, you join the forces. And they realised, okay, this guy fits right yeah. in there. Because I was good at shouting, I was good at memorising things. I was, my eyesight was perfect. Mm-hmm. My uh, body... You yeah, you'd already physically yeah, trained yourself as well. Trained, yeah. yeah. But they didn't have to do much, you know. Yeah, yeah, good to work with and yeah. obviously yeah. easy to form. knowing he was the right machine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there was, again, a moment when I realized I hate, you know, uh, taking orders. Yeah. I, I couldn't. They tried to offer me uh, after I finished uh, the national service go in like a secret service school for five years mm-hmm. and I said straight away no way I'm going home I need to have fun you know going out drink a beer do whatever I'm not going to stay another five years in this place mm-hmm. but I can't tell now if it was a mistake or not mm-hmm. it's still late probably wasn't meant to be for me it probably wasn't I think what the yeah. decisions that you you make are, are decisions that were, were, were right for you at the time and it might even not seem right at a certain point but it led you to being the man that you are now so you know it, it, you could have went off a, on a, a completely different path you know so yeah. um, so um, but to finish this little point uh, when I was recruited, yeah. In that specific year, it was a revolution in Romania. Yeah. So I actually fought in the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I thought I did something good for the country. You know, yeah. Free the country from the oppression, the communists. Uh, and I this this was as well. this, so this was obviously I've been to Bucharest and I've yeah. I've seen the the the, the way the, the city is and obviously like part of the country and 
uh, it was the taxi drivers that that really kind of gave us the the, the details and the, yeah. and the stories are like tour guides, you know, and um, showing us all these houses that were mansions that were abandoned, and um, you know, and I'm asking why is that house empty? And he, he explained about when the, the the communists came and they took over everything and they they took all the houses and yeah. um, you know that and even you know your name. Was was changed, change, yeah. Yeah. you know. They, they, they took your surname and and, and, and yeah, changed it. Had a Hungarian name, yeah. And the Communist Party forced him to change to some more Romanian, yeah, for some reason. And now it spells different than before. Yeah, so they just changed the the, yeah. the spelling well, so it my sounded blood different. Actually, come from uh, Hungarian uh, blood. Yeah. How long did that last? How long did the revolution last? Oh, the revolution, it was yeah, short. It yeah. was a matter of weeks, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I survived. A lot of people died in the revolution, of course. Yeah. Soldiers. And, and was it, it had been soldiers and the people, you know, the, the civilians all, all, yeah. all fighting against? It was, yeah, it was a, a bit of confusion there. Because in the first day when we saw on the television what happened, it was midday, we all dressed up and went to like war. I yeah. thought we go going to war with uh, some terrorists or something. Yeah. But then we soon realized that uh, it's all like a masquerade. It's something wrong, you know, with it. And then we uh, joined the people. We yeah. fought with whatever they said. We joined the people. Mm -hmm. and. And then we started to fought, fought against the uh, Ceausescu, yeah, yeah. But in the same time, when we were on the streets, there were bad people among the people trying to serve you food that had poison in it. So there was a lot of people get poisoned eating food. Wow! Soldiers. People try to actually. Uh, to poison the soldiers. To poison the soldier, yeah. Wow. There was about 40 people poisoned uh, in the subway because they got some oranges from somebody. And they ate the oranges and they died. Wow. So for three days I was on the street, lost from my company. Yeah. And I didn't eat anything, didn't drink anything just because of that. Yeah. So I was afraid to touch anything. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Com confusion. Nobody yeah. knew what to do there. I mean, even people coming to me and say, look, there's a place, uh, someone is shooting from that place, shooting that direction. I said, I don't see anybody there. But he tried to force you to do things that weren't true at all. That's uh -huh. why in the end we realized that everything was manipulated, manipulated yeah, yeah, by the people behind the, the leader at the time. And what was that time like for you, Tina? What was I was six years old. She was... Young, so, yeah. So, um, you then left the forces, um, yeah. and is this around the time you guys met, or? Oh, we haven't met yet. No. <laughs> no. It was uh, yeah after the revolution. We thought that oh my god, from now on we don't have to flood the country to live to find a better way to live, right? And for a few years, I was struggling to find a, a place to work. There was no places to go to work, nothing. And, you know, like everybody else, you try to do something to survive. 
So it was a period of time when I worked on the street doing kind of illegal stuff, yeah. buying currencies from from people, selling it from another price to yeah to make a bit of money on the exchange rate. Yeah. yeah, and a friend of mine who was working together on the street there, he was actually her uncle, mm -hmm. right? So she was visiting quite often there, and everybody say, "Oh, hello, Tina! Oh, hello, Tina!" But I didn't say hello because she was too young, so I didn't pay attention to it. And that's why she got kind of, who's this guy? Who thinks he are? He didn't say hello to me. Mm. And that was, you know, ages ago, like 25 years ago. Mm. And then after 20 years, we met again in the same place, just by chance. And we exchanged numbers, and that was it. Mm. Because she looked at me and I said, oh my God, I think I know her, but I don't know if I met her before or just it's in mm -hmm. my head. And I didn't say hello, nothing, it was rude mm -hmm. not to say. But then uh, I realized that I actually knew her, but she was a kid. Yeah. But now she's a woman. Yeah. So now I can pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Right? And of course I was married before divorce then. So I was single, available. Was the perfect time to actually yeah. be together. Yeah, the life actually brought us together in the right moment. Yeah, and uh, obviously the moment then wasn't right when you when you first no, met. I, but I was, I was married. You I couldn't do anything. Big so. roundabout, and then yeah. uh, so um, you're working on the streets. You're dodging about, yeah, doing yeah, what yeah, you got yeah, to do well, to survive. Exactly. Um, and, and 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 trading currencies. Yeah. What what came after that? Right, so from this point, we have to go back together when I was a kid. Yeah. Because leaving school, just going places, I start, you know, you have to be creative. Mm -hmm. Creative. I start doing like, a, how do you call it, a, a bow? Bow, bow and arrow. Trying to, you know, hunt birds or whatever. Never get anything. <laughs> but I try to be creative and I realize that you can actually draw with a chalk. Mm -hmm. on the pavement mm -hmm. so that was my escape drawing and then I start you know growing up doing the same thing if it wasn't on the sidewalk it was on some paper copying images on the windows things like that mm -hmm. and that was everything I knew from the small kid drawing and growing up now occasionally I was doing drawing just for myself but people noticing that, oh, they are not bad drawings, can I have it? And I said, yeah, you can have it. And someone said, but you can sell it, not just give it away. And I said, nah, you can't make money just selling drawings or paintings. That's why I never pay attention to these skills that I had. Mm -hmm. I never pay attention, I, I never imagined that I can make actual money. Right, so after doing the dojo things on the street, um, I went to Germany, trying to find a place to work there, making some money. I did at the moment. Then I keep coming back to Romania because I had a family, going back to Germany, coming back. And of course, this didn't work well. Yeah. And in the end, of course, I end up getting divorced. But the only skills that I have besides drawing, it was the skills that I had training my body. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, 
doing security in nightclubs, you know, like that time discotheques, mm-hmm. long gone. Yeah. Um, and in the end, in Spain, I worked in Spain for a few years for a friend of mine who had a club with prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Now that's the place that actually put a ground on what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you um, realized that you could make money from your art? Uh, but how old were you when you f- sold your first picture? I never sold one. I always give it away. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason I thought, I can't ask money for that. E- so even if, even though people had actually offered yeah, and said no, that you could, yeah. you still didn't do that. So this story goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's so life. When I was in the school, I knew I can draw better than anyone in the class or school or mm-hmm. region. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, the people was lazy doing homework, painting or drawing lessons. And I said, okay, I will do it for you. But you have to give an apple or a sandwich or whatever you have to eat. Mm. I take it. And there were so, hard times. Yeah. 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 So that was the only thing when I actually asked for something in return. Mm-hmm. But later on, I used to paint just because I felt painting, you know. But I give it away because I said, I can do another one tomorrow. Yeah. But to me, it's easy to make it. I can't just ask for money for something that I, do it. I did it so easy. Yeah, yeah. That was in my thought. Yeah. But now, even five minutes of my time. It's, va- it's valuable. Yeah, you, you've realized the, the, yeah, the value of what you do. Yeah. Times is, is not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're working in a a club. Yeah. And you're basically the security for the for the prostitutes. Exactly. Um, I bet that was an interesting time. Oh yeah. Oh my god. You see, it was different than anything I did before, because going to prostitutes is uh, you have to deal with, you know, tough people. Mm-hmm. And in Spain, they are really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was trying to react in an instant, not to think or try to, you know, uh, make things like, okay. Just yeah, you're not a peacemaker. No, I, yeah. no, I didn't know how to do this. Yeah. You know? So I had to act, uh, act in instance. Mm-hmm. Because it was one day, one time, when one of the girls was found decapitated mm-hmm. in the club. Right, so you can't just fight people easily. Like, okay, it's not your fault. Let's sit down and talk about it. You mm. just act. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they don't come by themselves. They come with friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably drunk, you know. Yeah. Acting like knives and exactly. So last time I had a, a fight with three people at once, at oh, the same time. I mean, and it was really bad. Uh, them of course for me. <laughs> <laughs> for me it was after that yeah it was uh, i mean my reaction it was like uh, you just push a button and i do whatever i was trying to do mm. but that was really bad because they went to hospital one who was in coma and so on and those guys uh went to the police and explained everything oh i went there trying to have a bit of fun but this guy, I don't know what was in his head, he started, you know, beating us up. But it wasn't true. But because there was three of them saying the same story, 
uh, they found me guilty. Mm-hmm. They said, you are a professional, you wasn't supposed to kill people, you were supposed just to protect the people inside the, the facility, the girls, yeah. And not involved in fight. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I just knew how to fight, not to, not to fight. Mm-hmm. So that was the moment when I realized that I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to do something else with my life. Because I, I, w- I was quite young. Well, now that I look back, I was young. There was, I was 35 then, it was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was the moment when I, I stopped doing this and I said, I have to do something else. And I had no idea what else to do. But what a friend of mine, he said, I saw your drawings. Because I, I never stopped drawing and painting, even mm-hmm. when it was security or whatever. Even in the army, yeah, mm. one f- a friend of mine saw me on the TV a year ago, and he said, sorry, I remember you from the army, when you had a spare time and you just start drawing all the time. I, I still remember your drawings. And in my head, he said, I knew you would become an artist. Mm. And I said, okay, you should have told me that. <laughs> yeah, because I was waiting for this moment. Um, yeah, so he said, why don't you start tattooing? But I had no idea, not knowledge of anything regarding tattooing. And I said, all right, I can invest some money in tools, needles, inks. Now I can tell this because I learned how to. Yeah. But before I had no idea difference between one needle and the other. Yeah. And the other problem was there was no um, information about it. So you have like no notices, and uh, yeah, but even even now, there's not a lot of information about it. Really, is that it's uh, it's still very taboo knowledge that's yeah. kept yeah. within a within a tight community. So, yeah. so you start t- to teach yourself how to tattoo. Did you tattoo yourself first? Of course you did. Yeah. Well, uh, that was probably the second or the third. I have a couple of my legs because it's yeah. really easy to, easy to get your legs to tattoo. Yeah. yeah. On your on my arm, this one in particular is my son's name. Mm-hmm. So we actually were watching uh, LA Inc. or Miami Inc. on the TV. Yeah. Whatever. And it was that guy, Cody Miller, said mm-hmm. each artist is supposed to have his kid's name or the kid's name tattooed on him, himself. Mm-hmm. And my son looked at me and said, where's yours? Yeah. And I said, all right, we're going to do it tomorrow and you're going to help me. Yeah. And this is what we do. We set up the table best we could. Yeah. And I told him how to stretch the skin. Yeah. It need to be stretched. Yeah. And he helped me out doing it. That makes this very unique. Yeah. It's not only his name, but he actually he helped, helped me out. you do it. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So that's one of the first tattoos that yeah, you did one then? Of the first, this one is as well as mine. It's a concept like. A, well, and this design, if you look really well, you can notice there's an owl. Yeah, I can see the owl. Yeah. Good. Then you're really good at reading this. Yeah. <laughs> because nobody saw it. Yeah. Right. So this. The, there's, owl. there's the owl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the owl, uh, the idea of, of an owl came to my mind because I watched the movie. And that movie was related to some um, alien operations. But everybody who saw the alien 
in their head it was an owl because the alien sent a um, like a telepathic image, image to yeah not to recognize the face but to see an owl right and that's why I, I that's where you got that from I like that tattoo it's, it's it's even better that you did it yourself I like the um it's really subtle but I like the depth in it yeah you know it's um it's, I mean, it's it's very three D. It's 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 got depth to it. In years, I couldn't make it better than that. You wouldn't yeah. change it. You wouldn't no. change it. Yeah, no. no. So, um, obviously, you did a couple of tattoos on yourself. Yeah. Then, obviously, then this friend of mine in Spain. Yeah. Talking about Spain because everything happened there. Yeah. I started doing on him. He said, "You can start with my back, doing whatever you want." Of course, he was. Like, I, I was trying to guess what I'm doing. Yeah. And a few days later, he tried to tell everybody, oh, so is a tattooist. So I know how to tattoo. And people are knocking on the door. Can I have this? Can I have that? And I said, oh, my God, but I don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not. Just, I, I just want a tattoo. Yeah. And this is how I started. Tattooed prostitutes there. I was before protecting them yeah the best customer ever to be honest never complain about the pain yeah. never complain about the design that is not perfect and the money they always had money yeah and the other thing that people don't know actually the prostitute is not they're not doing this for fun they are doing for the family yeah so even every single tattoo I did for for them it was related to the kids of the family mm. So you you honed your skills, um, not just as a tattoo artist creating tattoos, but the the process of designing tattoos as well, which is a huge part of it. You you're actually like uh, incorporating their stories and depicting you know um, th things that they want to get across about the family, the kids, and. And, uh, and the rest of it as well, which it is a it is a big part of tattoo and actually being able to create a tattoo. And you've done it here as well. I've seen, seen that you, you work, you engineer stories into the tattoo. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's probably where that came from, listening to what the, 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 the client wants. And and so, yes, yeah, so, so, so you had a, a pool of, of, of prostitutes... Oh, that yeah. were the, 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 the place, yeah. And and that that's really where you honed your skills. Coming from? Uh, most of them they were from Argentina, right? Yeah, really poor, you know, people trying mm. to flood the country and find a better life. Mm. In Spain. Uh, well, if they're watching now, because some of them, some of them might be, yeah, yeah. They're, they're still friend of mine. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize because I I told them that I know how to do it. Yeah. But I actually tried on them. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, I was lucky, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, lucky that you've got um, people who, who put that trust in you straight yeah. away. It sounds yeah. like, like it was all of a sudden just by your friend. Uh, you, uh, it sounds like you owe a lot to your friend as well that, that, yeah. that he gave, gave, gave you that nudge to, to pick up a machine. That, uh, drawing skills meant nothing. Yeah. When I started doing, I knew that I can draw. But I didn't had um, you know mm, the confidence mm -hmm. to do a tattoo. Mm -hmm. So of course I 
start with the basic lines, basic shapes, you know, simple ones. It was few years later when I attempt my first portrait. Mm -hmm. I knew how to draw it. I can draw with my eyes closed a portrait, but I realized I realized that I don't know how to put it on the skin because mm -hmm. it's totally different. Different techniques. Different. Everything is different. And obviously, like right the way through this, um, you're learning um, how the inks work. All the different needles and you know our, our needles are our, our, our brushes aren't they you know like and oh. and the, each each different needle produces a different effect and the, 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 when there's when you haven't got anybody teaching you you nope. do have to experiment and find out what that one does and what oh, that yeah. one does and you um, have to put it on the paper right like a notebook yeah and have right have a tattoo and then look at it and see what's wrong yeah and then the next time you just take out, let's say it was the needle wrong. Yeah. You take out, you change the needle. Yeah. And if it's still the same, well, there's not the needles. Yeah. Maybe it's that the machine. Yeah. You change the machine. If it's still wrong, maybe it's the ink, right? Yeah. You change the ink. If it's still wrong, then maybe it's you. Yeah. So this is the way you take out everything. Process of elimination. To find what you're doing wrong. Mm. Then of course later on I realized that uh, a ten, you know, a ten euro machine is not the same with a two hundred one. Mm. Before I said they look alike, they might be the same, but I'm not stupid to pay two hundred when I can get for ten pounds or ten euros. Ten euros, yeah. Then I realized they're not good at all. Mm. So I have to find uh, myself to, to buy expensive, you know, machines, expensive needles, like branded to ink and so on. You, you then, started with a coil machine, did you? Yeah. 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 Of course, like everybody else yeah. at that time. Yeah. Coil machines, yeah. Um, I had one DVD by Joshua Carlton mm -hmm. explaining how to tune a machine, how to you know put it in place, take it apart, put it back together so you can understand how it works. That was the only thing I learned from anybody, how to tune a machine. And of course, later on, I didn't have to look at a, a power supply to adjust it. It, it was just by sound. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. A few years, then of course, things got to change. The rotaries came to, to the market. And, and, and so as your, as your skill sets progressing so is so is the whole industry really and and, and, yeah. and th i think we've all went through that well people who've been tattooing for a long time that things have changed so much like from 15 years ago you know mm -hmm. um and you've kind of got to got to go with that there's there's people who are still stuck in the the old ways of yeah. of, of tattooing and the, the they can pull it off but i think that um by embracing the the, the the quality materials the quality products it really does um lift your skill set because yeah. it, it makes it possible to not be thinking it takes away that is it the machine you know yeah. is it the inks well you know it's not the inks because you're using the best inks money can yeah. buy yeah. you're using the best machine money can buy it comes down to then 
you, you know, and yeah. and and that's when you really start to to to, to look at yourself and um, you know force that Im- improvement in yourself. And it's a it's an ongoing thing. I can remember seeing your artwork when I first met you just a few year ago, and and comparing it to now, you know. And if we if we were to like sit and look at the, the, the there's a difference, you know, well, like a big difference, y- yeah. y- there's, there's quite a big big difference, and. I think that you're uh, in the in the last like two three years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your 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 artwork, your tattoos, have had a quantum leap in 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 improvement. You know, not that they were bad at the time, yeah. but the the incredible now. You know, um, <clears throat> would you say that you've got OCD? Would you would you say you're quite obsessive, Whoa, compulsive? I think so, yeah. yeah, that's not my biggest problem. Because every time I finish a tattoo, take a picture, go home, and start looking at it. Yeah. And then I said, oh, I should spend another hour to make that look. Yeah, good. yeah. Or not extra, I don't know, 10 minutes to do more shading on that part. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm never satisfied. Yeah. I'm quite happy, but never satisfied with yeah. the end result. Yeah, that's, I, that's, I can, that's a good way to be. I would say I can do better than that. Yeah. I can do better than that. The only time that pressures me is, uh, like I said, time. Mm. Because people say, oh, how long do you still have left? And I feel like pressure to finish it, that's mm. the only problem. Mm. Because if nobody asks me how long, I can carry on and carry on and carry on for days. Yeah, I don't yeah. really care. Yeah. I just carry on. Yeah. Um, to be honest, my longest session it was 15 hours. Yeah. In one go. I only stopped wow. you know, for snack or whatever. Were you happy with that tattoo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty happy, yeah. 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 Well, you can see it. It's in a magazine, Tattoo Life magazine. Yeah. But to be honest, the reason I'm at this level now is because of her. Yeah. I was comfortable doing black and grey. I tried to reach my level of black and grey, a level up. But she said... I noticed that you are good at watercolor. And I said, nah, I hate colors. When you do something in colors, you have to have five, six, seven, ten colors. Uh, I can't focus on them. Yeah. If I, you do black and gray, just have black and yeah, wash it, bigger water there. Yeah. And I said, but she pushed me to do more color. And then I realized, oh, that's quite you know, nice. Yeah, satisfying when you see all those colors mixing. New challenges. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that um, what I my strength is that I can focus for quite a long time. Mm. That's the only thing that makes difference between me probably and another artist. Mm. I can focus longer. Mm. And 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 you're a perfectionist, and you're trained to be very accurate and exact. Mm. And um, your OCD with, you know, like um, just being obsessive about your training, about, mm-hmm. about, about your body, about, um, about everything that you do. And also, I think, being you, you know, like the, the, that it sounds like you've, you've, never, you've never really conformed to trying to be anybody than, 
than who you are and you, you it sounds like you've known who you are what you are for for at that time you know whatever you were at that time you've embraced it yeah. and 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 you've went with that and if if that meant going out into the, the the woods and you know doing whatever you did you did what you wanted to do at the time that that nourished you you know and now you've found something that 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 does everything for you, you know, like it gives you, yeah, yeah, it gives, gives you all, all those. Express myself. Yeah. And be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. See? But now, yeah. you're not totally just yourself, eh? Because, nah, like, and, and this is why Tina's sat right beside you now, yeah. because you guys uh, are a unit, and I think this is quite a rare thing. I mean, it obviously exists in, 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 in all sorts of different uh, industries and, and, and whatnot, but, um, in tattooing, it's often very much about the artist and they like, they do what they do and they, exactly. you, you know. Yeah, know but you guys are really a team. You work together, you know. And I think this is quite unique in um, in in this industry where you're not just pushing Sorin. You 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 you're part of what he does you know and you accept that you're not like you know ah, go away this is this is my thing you do your thing you, yeah, you're, see, you're my my head is already corrupt by designs by tattoos so if i try to do something unique i can't because i had in my head so many tattoos that in some way it's going to be related to one of them it doesn't matter what i'm mm, doing i mm. keep going back to the same you know Things, same design, same shape, same colors. That's why she is bringing me to the, another level mm. because she's seeing things from from outside this industry. She she didn't have anything to do with tattooing before she met me. So after that, she realized that I lack creativity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how creative I thought I was. She said no. That is not good. That is not right. I can help you with that because I can. Mm. And she started doing this, researching, you know, finding images, finding the, the right shape and, you know, colors or whatever. And she asked me to push myself. Because every time when she showed me a picture, I said, that's not possible. I can't do that. You can't just reproduce that image because it's impossible. And she said, no, no, no. You can do it. But you have to believe in that. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I will do it. Just to show you that it's not possible. And every time I did, she said, I told you, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason I can do what I do now. And even that, she never asked for a new dress or a pair of shoes. She always said, do you need tattoo ink? Do you need a new machine? Or do you need a, a better light? Or whatever, mm. she's supporting me in everything I did, mm. yeah. which is an amazing thing. And I think um, a, a lot of people would want that. I think I think that there's a, there's a lot of people would look at you guys and think, "Wow, what a team!" You know what I mean? And, and when when they understand you and they understand the role that you play, Tina, in 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 your in the yeah. work that you do, you know, to have someone pushing you like that, um, I th I, th I think. People's egos would be like, "Oh no, I don't want that." But I think uh, deep down, you know, a lot of people like realize that they need that too. And and 
most people don't have that you know it's uh, so it's i think it's a it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a special thing i really do see you guys as as a as a team and well, um yeah it's right as a team but we don't want to let people think that this is like a fairy tale yeah no, it's not we're fighting all the time yeah but we do that because because she's kicking your ass you know <laughs> well, yeah. but we're fighting because i'm that type that I know better. Mm-hmm. But she showed me every time that no, you don't. Mm. And this is the the, the balance where, the, where we have to work on. Mm. But other than that, everything works perfect. Mm. Mm. So for you, like coming into the tattoo industry is, you still haven't got any tattoos, have you? No, no, no you're tattoos. a tattoo virgin. <laughs> yeah, she's still waiting for me to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, like, so you, you're coming in with uh, almost a naivety, you know, like, um, but at the same time, being able to look at something and knowing what's beautiful, you know, and, and being, being able to appreciate beautiful things, beautiful colours, and, and under, you obviously you have an understanding of uh, composition and tone and depth and, and all, that, all, all that sort of stuff, and... Um, so what what's it been like for you coming into a an industry that's you know full of all these tattooed people that like seem quite you know almost unapproachable and um but you know like because you walk through a convention confidently you know like oh, and yeah. um you, you know you are a very confident person and um so what's it been like for you being um almost thrown into the, the the lion's den sort of thing well I came from a place where you were teached and uh, bo- um, grown uh, that uh, seeing someone different or we are talking about tattoos it was someone not desirable no, something, someone possessed yeah 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 and um, I had to educate myself and to to see all the culture and to understand and, and start from there, from, from basic. Yeah. And uh, all the years spent uh, near Sorin, it was a continuous educate myself and I start to, to search, to Google it and, and see. This is how I found about tattoo convention, about tattoo artists, about magazine and I'm uh, taking in even nowadays taking notes, writing down, um, finding names. And when I, I opened the subject uh, about with Sorin, he was impressed how, how come I knew names and where I saw them. She was, she's really organized, mm. really organized. I mean, um, every time when we meet someone, she starts Googling, who's this guy, who's this person, uh, where is working, who's, what's the background? Yeah. And she starts knowing everything. Yeah. yeah. What? She's what she's doing. Yeah. And so, is, is it you that then pushed sorry into the to the doing the conventions? Yes. Yeah. 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 And you went and booked the convention and yes. yeah. Um, and I stopped people and I bothered people. Oh and yeah. Yeah. And and I guess that's how we met as well, isn't it? So yes. did you Google me then? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. She, she knows. Things that probably you don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the basic from Sorin. 
I know I knew how impressed was about the quality of your machines. Yeah. And then I See, I, I reached the point when when you pick up a machine, you feel the weight, you feel the balance, then you try it on you you feel the, the vibrations and stuff, you feel the way it hates. Yeah. And then you realize that's a good machine. Mm. But beside that you have to put it in practice. Mm. Well, in order to put it in practice, you have to buy it, of course. Yeah. But she pushed me, you need to get one of these machines. You need mm. to get it. But I was lucky because one of my customers bought it for me as a present. Mm. This is how I got the machine. Mm. It's a present. That's such a cool thing as well. Like the, yeah. you know, your, your, your customer um, supporting you in that yeah. way. It's not just about, you know, like, Paying you money, you know what I mean? They, yeah, they realize I something think I that. I mentioned it. Oh, I went to the convention and I was so impressed with that machine, that guy, and that. And he was, you know, paying attention to what I was saying. And a couple of weeks later, he said, So, look, this is for you. Wow. I bet that was. But she did everything with the conventions. I had no idea how a convention works like. Yeah. But she knew, she Googled it, she phoned, she called, she booked in paid for the booth, then accommodation, everything. When we need to pack, she knows everything. You need that and that and that. I said, oh my God, that's too much. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I just want to be in my studio working. Yeah. It's too much for me. Then, of course, we start to enjoy it. But when we went to convention to London, she approached Mickey Violetta. I said, please don't do that because I, I feel embarrassed. I'm just one of guy who's tattooing in his studio, don't go say anything. No, no, I will go and talk to him. And she asked him, what do we have to do to get invited to this convention? And he said, look, you have to start from the bottom. Just go to the small little ones and from there to the other ones, mm -hmm. more famous. And maybe, maybe you're going to get invited to this one. Mm -hmm. Well. That's how I s we started from the smallest convention going up and up and up. Mm. It's like a, with London, it's a it's a rite of passage, isn't it? You know, you yeah. you can't just walk in and you know yeah. pay yeah. for a booth and yeah. So um, yeah, what happened there then? What 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 happened after you you spoke to Mickey? After. Yeah. Did you do a convention in Russia or something? Uh, was uh, that all was after two years? Yeah. But uh, following year, we already appeared in his uh, Tattoo Live magazine that covered the best in UK and Ireland. Yeah. So we already started to build up uh, our portfolio. We design more intricate and yeah. Mm. We pushed. Yeah, yeah, each other. yeah. And then we started. And we look for um, other tattoo conventions that I knew that even Mickey was following. Yeah, yeah. So, so you did the research on Mickey. You knew what was gonna yes, yes. gonna impress him. Yes. So, uh, yes. And so, what what was that convention you mentioned uh, the the other day about? Uh, uh, the one in in Moscow was um, in two thousand twenty that we attended. No, or t 2019. 19. Yeah, 2019. It was before lockdown. Yeah. yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it was the summer of 2019. We yeah. One evening I just 
got an email from Mickey Vialito saying, look, Sorin, I'm helping a friend of mine organize a convention in Moscow. Will you and Tina be happy to attend the convention? Mm. Well, I didn't say anything at the moment. I just he called her. Or I texted her. To, look, Mickey invited us in, 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 in Moscow. What should we do? I was doing the night shift um, and I started to cry immediately. And I said, yes, we will not hesitate. Yeah, because that, that, yeah, that was the only moment when we realized from the first time we went to London as visitors, we become an artist getting invited into the convention. Yeah. It was a big, really big step. Yeah, yeah, because uh, like, um, it's that invitation yeah. rather than, you know, going, please, sir, can I, yeah. can I have this, you know, like when, when people like that are coming to you. And so what was that convention like then? Amazing. Well, you tell her. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. The people who organize the convention is the kind of people you will never met in other circumstances. Mm -hmm. And they are so nice and simple and humble. And when we first met them, I thought it's just another guy looking around. And she was uh, noticing him. His name is, I can mention here, Oleg. his name is Oleg. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at me, working there, and Tina saw him, and she, she said, it's my husband. Oh, and she started telling my story, you know, like a really short story. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, right, my name is Oleg, nice to meet you. And she thought Oleg is a uh, really famous artist named Oleg. She said, oh, are you the, the artist? She said, he said, no, 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 I, I'm the organizer. And he was really impressed about the story she told him. And uh, later on, on the after party, we were invited on their private yacht. First, we went there all together from the hotel, 40, 50 people, with uh, a bus. Mm -hmm. It was the best after party we've ever been. Mm -hmm. It's something that probably I've never seen in my life. Mm. You know, you Everyone was saying the same. Uh, even Mickey Vialetto, who saw everything, mm. he was like, what's this? Is this a wedding or it's just a party? He was that kind of level. Mm. Yeah, and I was the only artist invited to the um, table and he drinks for me. Well. Now, the organizer, basically behind the organizer is another powerful man, right? But he was supporting this business and the other business, this uh, Oleg is doing it. But in the same time, the tattoo convention, it was held the barber convention. So they're all together. It was different than anything else. Mm. Really, really different. And if um, people think that Russia or Moscow is, I don't know, another communist country, what is nothing it looks like las vegas to be honest mm. it looks really really different than what we see in, uh, in europe sounds like a heck of an experience oh. and yeah. we didn't have too much time uh. yeah it was only one month we had to apply for for visa mm -hmm. and it was a process we had to go in london apply for and we had to wait and we were not sure that we'll actually attend and we'll receive the visa mm -hmm. And yeah, everything. And yeah, 
we offered to give a free a tattoo just to promote the, um, the convention and also to help them. Yeah. So uh, they found someone through inst Instagram, I think. Yeah. And that guy was tattooed for two days. In a row. He was really happy. Well, I think he went on the stage. I don't remember. He mm -hmm. went on the stage, but we didn't get anything. Mm. Everybody else was impressed in there. Mm. Even the organizer, the, my client as well. I was impressed of what I did. The mm. convention it was really good. That was good. Sometimes, you know, when you, know, you don't feel the pressure, the result, the end result is, is much better. Mm. When you know that the time is up and you have to finish, you have to rush, that is not good. Mm. But that time, I felt that I can finish it in time, I can do my best. And mm. Even the customer was still like a stone, you know, didn't move at all. His skin reaction was perfect. So everything was really smooth and nice. So things have changed a lot in the world since mm, yeah. since then really and obviously we've come out of 2019 into 2020 yeah. and uh then all of a sudden everything changed for for everybody really the the tattoo industry the conventions we were the we were the first people to get locked down um you know stop working too much close contact and and we were the last people to be allowed back to work as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, the conventions the still haven't came back yet, you know. The last that we attended, it actually was in Milan. Yeah. Even there was a very selected, yeah. so selective, difficult to arrive there. Yeah. And we were invited and helped by our friend, our friend, Rico. Yeah. Yeah, he organized the convention in Tubin. Yeah. That day, for uh, that uh, year for us, it was really good because we were invited in another three big conventions. Bologna, uh, Mondial du Tatouage in Paris, we were meant to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, our love was really short. Yeah. The lockdown came, so everything stopped. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, um, your studio, Fidelio Art. You're based in St. Ives, Cambridgeshire. Yes. Um, when did you when did you open that studio? You had a studio before yeah. that was a bit bigger, and then yeah. Well, when we first came here, it was eight years ago. Of course, I worked for someone else, but like I said, I can't follow orders. I can't follow you know yeah. other people's steps, and I did what I could to be on my feet. So from that studio I went to another and then to another and in the end we had to do some um, sacrifices to get money so we mm -hmm. can open the shop and with uh, her help one year <laughs> we had to sacrifice ourselves and actually we were sleeping in a car mm -hmm. for a year starting from I don't know it was March even December we were in the car sleeping because mm -hmm. it was too far to travel back and forth but sometimes I was uh, finishing pretty late at night so I had to sleep somewhere I can't just drove back home and come back in the morning it was too much mm -hmm. and that time we saved money to open the shop and we owned a shop in Cambridge 
but we had a big dream. Now, <coughs> you see people who are dreaming really big, and other people said, no, don't dream that big, because it's not going to happen. And we said, at least we give it a try. Mm -hmm. And that place, we was, he was really big. Yeah. It was actually two places in one. And we set it up for a few working stations, so I can have another artist coming in, even guests. I had five or six apprentices. But because it was that moment when we actually started going to the convention, <laughs> the studio was mostly the time, you know, we were not there. So mm. people who was in charge to taking care of the studio, they was robbing us yeah. of everything. Not only dudes from the from the studio, but even customers, they say, look, this is my number. Call me and I will tattoo in another place. Yeah. You know? And that took us three years to realize that it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So we shut it down. Then we went to Romania, trying to, you know, focus on our thing, what to do next. There was a moment when we even considered going back to Romania and having a life there. Because there are places where you can live even better than anywhere. Mm. And it's, in the end, our country. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody wants to leave the country and, you know, try to learn another language mm. or another habit or another, you know, custom. Yeah. It's not easy. And our um, small little dream now is to buy a piece of land there and maybe someday we can... Um, open a place for tattoos there, uh, even have seminars, probably a little convention, you know. Because that in place, nature. yeah, that place is up in the mountains, where it's really hard to reach unless you want specifically to go there. Mm. And that's what we want, people to come to that place. Mm. So like a, like a tattoo getaway, like mm -hmm. a tattoo yeah. escape where you yeah. can yeah. go and appreciate nature, appreciate the land, um, work on your art, work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan, that's our dream. Yeah. So, um, the studio at the minute in, in uh, St. Ives, um, how long has that been open now? Well, we just set it up last year in December, right before Christmas. Yeah. But then another lockdown came, so we had to keep it shut till April. Basically, it was just a few months. Mm. But because I was working in that area for quite a long time, everybody knows me there. Yeah. So I didn't have a lack of customers. Everybody knows me, so mm. we're doing pretty well now. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's not It's not easy um, uh, setting up a new business, um, running your own business, and working on your own art as well and this is again it's something that you're working on together aren't you you know like i bet you don't deal with your books or the money or the bills well, yeah. or the she she is a nurse right so she used to uh do night shifts and then in the morning come to help me out in the studio and she was not easy for her it was easier for me but not for her but then we we said that look you have to stop doing this if you want to focus on one thing, you just forget about that one. And this is what she was doing, she is doing from now on, trying to help me in the studio 
and of course you get involved more than just keeping you know bookings and answer the phone or text she's starting tattooing Oh, have you? I didn't realise you'd started tattooing. Yeah. Well, you got to get some tattoos then. You can't. You can't like have no tattoos. When she was getting bored in the studio, she started to you know oh, tracing yeah. small little botanical flowers and stuff. And one day I saw the drawing and I thought this uh, I could a copy machine. Mm. She said, "No, no, no! I did it." I said, "No way! You can't do that. That is a." Like a, a intricate lines, yeah, it's really, really sophisticated. And I said, I, I don't think I can do that. And she said, oh, It's easy. Then I realized that she can do that. She has a really steady hand. Mm -hmm. That's really important. The trace line, absolutely a steady hand. When you shade, it doesn't matter if you shake a little bit; it's just shading. Mm. But when you do lines, you have to be steady. Mm. And she's really good. At mm. This is what. I'm trying to pursue her to do it. Yeah. Start doing it. But this is really good for you. It's going to be easy for her. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got a good eye for beautiful Detail. things and details, yeah, yeah colours and everything. So that's brilliant. I, did, I didn't know that you were uh, starting that journey as well. Well, good luck with it. It's, um, I think it's definitely something that you, that, that you should be doing. It's, um, it fits, doesn't it, you know, and... Uh, it it makes makes more for the more more, more for the for more for the team effort as well. So um, I still have some skin for her to practice. Yeah, she's got yeah. plenty of skin for you to practice. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> she's like Taj Mahal. Do, do, would you, if if you were to tattoo Tina? Yeah. What do you think the pressure would be like? Well, the pressure would be like, don't touch. <laughs> Because it's gonna burn. Yeah, yeah. So I, w I wouldn't feel ready ever to tattoo her. Yeah. Because you know how it feels after. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is not right. I know. It doesn't matter how perfect you think is or I think. She won't be happy. That's yeah. why I will never tattoo her. She, like, she's your biggest critic, but she's also your biggest fan. Yeah. I think uh, that's that's yeah. that's quite obvious. Yeah, she's really supportive. At the same time, she's criticizing me. Mm -hmm. But sometimes she's right. Sometimes uh, I'm wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you 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 like a. An easy, simple life, and uh, you, you you know where your position is. She's right, you're wrong. <laughs> it's uh, less arguments that way, isn't it? But you have got a good eye for it, Tina, you know, and um, it's uh, it, it's impressive how you're helping mould Sorin's skills, you know. Like, um, like I say, it can be it can be really easy to go down a path and think that you know you're doing everything right and if no one i call it the x factor syndrome yeah. you know when people go on x factor and they really can't sing yeah. they only ended up on x factor because someone said oh you're a really good singer 
And if people don't criticise you, if people don't say, no, no, you could do better, do. then you'll just keep on doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah. But but if someone comes along and says, no, you can do better, and that's that wasn't good at all, then then it really it hurts a little bit, and you oh, feel it, you know. And like, but but once you once you, once you get over that, you realise that like it's only going to improve what you're doing. So yeah, yeah. you know, you you, you got to be some sort of egotistical maniac to not take that on board and you know listen and take that constructive criticism you know because it is it is constructive and you know she, she only wants the best for you you know what i mean and she wants the best for the pair of you so um yeah doesn't happen during the tattoo convention when i come with those critics yeah, timing, time. You know, there's there's a time and a place for everything, isn't there? You know, um, and and while your client's there, and you know, like it's it's probably not the not the best time. You can't just pull the tiger by the tail and not react. You know? Yeah, yeah. You can't just do that. Yeah. Well, you can play with it a little bit, but then, yeah, uh, conventions are really stressful to be honest. Yeah. Because you have to finish it in time. And every time I start doing a, a design, it was uh, meant to finish it in two days, but sometimes it took me even three days. Mm. And when you look at the same design for hours and hours and hours, the color starts to mix in your head and you start to see wrong. The blue is green, the, the red is orange and so on. Mm. And she's seeing different than me. Mm. I said, look, sorry, that, that is not the right color you're using. Mm. I mean, what, what you say is, look at that image, look at the color, it's the same. Mm. No, it's not. Probably don't look at the same picture as I am. Mm. Yeah, because this is why so frustrating. You have to take breaks. It doesn't matter how focused you are, you have to take breaks, take away your eyes of the designing colors rest and then go back. Yeah, to rest your mind. The other thing about conventions as well, apart from the, the timing is the swarms of people that are around you watching what you're doing, the noise, all the people asking questions and obviously there you're there to promote your business as well you know so and, and yourself and your skills and uh, so you do have to interact with people people going past and wanting to talk to you as well and um, it's definitely something that um, can be very overwhelming conventions can be very very overwhelming um, and in a, in a sense, again, having having Tina there to 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 speak to those people while you can stay stay focused, that's a that's a that's a good thing. And one day you might be tattooing at conventions as well, yeah. I know. And I'll be talking to people. Yeah, yeah. This is what I want. I know what she wants, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, as an artist, because at some point you think of yourself as an artist, not a, just a tattooist. Mm -hmm. You want to do something that enjoy yeah. your vision, right? At the moment, when you, if you ask me what I enjoy doing, to be honest, I enjoy everything I did mm. and I do. Even if it's a small script or a small butterfly or a nautical star, whatever. We are tattooists, so the difference between uh, a painter and a tattooist, they do the same thing, but the painter is doing whatever he wants. He goes in the nature and paints the nature, or he paints a portrait because he wants to. Mm. The tattooist is doing what the customers ask for. 
Yeah. So I can't say, mm, it's not my style, mm, I don't like it. Well, if you want it, I will do it for you because it's yours mm-hmm. and you pay for it. But I would like to have someone working next to me, trying to pass on my knowledge and in the end doing whatever I want to. Mm. That's really hard, but... I think yeah, but that's that. That is the dream, isn't it? To, um, to first of all, first of all, find what it is that you love to do the most, yeah. and then then just do it. I think like one of the big differences between a painter and a tattooist, a tattoo artist. I think there's different types of tattoo artists. Yeah. There's tattooers, there's tattooists, oh god, yeah, and there's tattoo artists. Yeah. It's like saying that. There's a site joiner who builds the framework of a house, and then there's the um, the the carpenter that will come in and they'll make make the doors and they'll you know make nice you know fixtures and fittings. Yeah, yeah. But then you, you've got the um, the cabinet maker. That's the artist. That that guy can design a grandfather clock and build it. You know, and. He, he he does it how he wants to do it because it's it's his thing and so there is a big difference between a tattooer and a tattoo artist but the the big difference between an artist and a and a and a t- tattooist of of any grade is that, that there's no there's no one there paying them for the time they they can look at a canvas and have this thing called artist's block where they just don't feel like painting that day. So they don't. Yeah. And they'll paint tomorrow, you know, when they feel like doing it. We can't do that, yeah. you know. We've got someone there paying us a lot of money to do what we do and to deliver what they want. Exactly. And even if you're not at a convention with, you know, thousands of people looking at what you're doing, you've got that one person who's there watching your every move, you know, and, and with high expectations of what you're going to create. And that's incredible pressure just on its own, you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's a pressure that uh, a, a normal artist that works in a studio that has a canvas and th- they don't really have that pressure, you know. Um, so we do work to, um, diff- you know, different rules, really. Um, and... It sounds like it's something that you maybe battle with a little bit, the the timing of things, you know, the fact that you actually have to deliver it in a certain time, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's difficult, you know, it, it, it is. Um, and I think it's something that we've got to, got to learn. I, I, I think we've got different gears. And it's easy to be cruising along, in you know, in like fourth gear or whatever, and you know you feel like you're covering decent ground and that, but there's there's more throttle. You know, you can you can press harder on the throttle, but you can also go up through the gearbox. And um, once you learn to get into that higher gear, um, things start to happen faster, and the same thing happens. It just happens a little bit quicker, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I, I tattoo really quickly, and I don't I don't struggle with the the, the, the time constraints. I tend to finish before the the, mm. the, the time, you know. Um, but again, like you and me are different in the in the in the way that we think. I, I would say that I'm not, 
I'm not OCD. I'm not. I'm. I'm not this. Like, oh, it's got to be perfect. What I create as a tattoo is my art, and however that comes out, that's the art that that, that I created. But I don't work with realism like you do. You know, like like you're working with a very specific image, and you're trying to create something very, very specific and and accurate. And I don't set myself those those boundaries because. I'm the kind of guy that colours over the lines. I'm the kind of guy that will change things, you know what I mean? Whereas you're the kind of guy that you really want to produce that thing that you're looking at, you know? And um, So th- I think there's all sorts of different types of artists and different personalities that are behind the machines that are, that are doing it and the end result is different. And I think that um, what you create is... I don't, I don't feel like I could do that, you know? I might be able to do that, but I've never, I've never put, I've ne- I've never pushed myself. I've never had someone saying, "Oh, you do this," you know. Like, I've never had that, you know. Um, I saw his drawings and I saw his work and I tried to motivate him for more and yeah. push him for more. Yeah, I had no idea I, I can do that. Mm. I wasn't sure I can put it up, but then I realized. Mm. Anything's possible, isn't it? So the whole creation process, you know, like um, with your with your studio, because this is what the Creators Podcast is about, and the the creation process, you have this idea. Now we had this discussion the other day about um, how our ideas aren't our own, you know, um, that you, you you have this idea that comes into your head. And um, you think, oh, I've just had this great idea. And, you know, you realise that somebody else was having the exact same idea yeah. somewhere else on the planet at the same time. Because we're all connected, you know. Um, and the, the, the difference is when you actually create something, you know, lots of people have ideas. But then you go ahead and you make a plan on how you're going to achieve that. Now, for you... That is um, sitting and studying an image, working out how you're going to construct that image, working out what colours you're going to use, working out what needles you're going to use, and you make a plan on how you're going to attack that project. And then you go ahead and do it. And, you know, Tina pushes you to, to, yeah. to do it, and, you know, some of it's Tina's ideas, and um, but she... she, she pushes you into, into into doing it and that is the the creation process you know you you have an idea you make a plan and you follow through on the plan and that that's what I see that you you've both done as a team together um you know coming to England from from Romania you've had this idea that you want to come to England and you know be a tattooist and open your own studio and and, and then you changed your, your 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 vision as well. You you achieved what you wanted to achieve. You realised that because it was dependent on other people, yeah. that their your dream maybe wasn't your dream maybe wasn't no, their dream. Um, they just wanted the money. They just wanted yeah, to good. take you know, um, and and th- there's there's a. Unfortunately, there's a heck of a lot of that in the tattoo industry where where there's a lot of takers and not a lot of givers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
but you've 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 created multiple things. You've created a new life for yourself here. You've created uh, a bit a business here. You've created a career here. Um, you create a reputation here, you know. See, that's more important than the business. Yeah, the business. You can close it anytime and just start traveling. Mm-hmm. But if you build a reputation, mm-hmm. people can come to you anywhere you are. Doesn't yeah. matter the place is Romania yeah. or is France or is New Zealand. Yeah, they will come for you. Yeah, because of the reputation. Yeah, it's not the business. It's not the place, the shop, the studio, whatever. That's it. And you, you've you've that. you've learned a skill set here. Um, starting obviously in Spain and then yeah. um, wherever you've moved to uh, o- over the years, that's now created a, a, a reputation, you know. And um, I think you've 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 done a fantastic job of, of um, you. turning yourself into a, a brilliant tattoo artist. And obviously, Tina, you you you're a huge part of what Sorin has become. And yeah. um, I think in the future. You know, he's going to be a huge part of what you're going to become, you know, and, um, because um, until, see, tattooing's a feeling thing. Exactly. It's a, yeah, and, 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 sure. and you can draw a picture, you can follow a line, you can trace something, you can copy something, but until you get that feeling of what it's like to, to touch the skin and to, to, to tattoo it, um, I, I don't think you can possibly understand what it's like to, to, to be a tattooist. So, um, you know, and, and that's where he's going to be able to really help you to, 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 to understand it at depth. And you, you're going to have a, an, an accelerated experience because your knowledge is in, in him and then it's going to come back to you. And, you know, so it's going to seem really familiar to you and it's going to be really interesting. Actually, I'm looking forward to like watching your career um, oh, yeah. blossom. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I, I th- really yeah, I think, I think you're going to be really good really quickly. People ask me, <coughs> you know, question about tattooing, basic stuff, how you do a stencil or how to approach the color portrait or whatever. But what they don't understand it doesn't matter how I try to explain my technique or the way I, I do the tattoo or how I mix the colors. I can't give you the passion for it. If you don't have the passion, my knowledge means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. All comes down to how much you love what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, you can focus hours and hours and you don't lose you know, the passion for it. Yeah. But if you think about technique and what to do next, you're losing it. And this is uh, what I can't you know, teach people. Mm. But this is something that we are actually going to teach people, aren't we? Well, we try to. Well, what we're, what we're planning well, on doing, one of the... What we're doing yeah. is for people who have passion for it. Yeah. It's not fair for those who try to make money mm. or try to look cool mm. or get a nice picture for Instagram. Mm. It's for people who really love this. Um, so what we're gonna what we're gonna do next time you're up here guesting with us one of the one of the things that we're planning on doing is actually creating some tattoo tutorials mm. because um, I think that people are, are, are going to be fascinated with your process and how you achieve what you what, what you do. So um, the next time you're up here, we're going to be working on a couple of projects to record the full process of, of, of the way you go through your tattoo. Um, and then um, we're going to turn that into a tutorial video for tattooists 
who were already passionate about what yeah. they do, yeah. but um, you know that that want to learn and level up their their, their skills. You know, so um, you know for the future, that's that's one of the things that that, that, that we're going to be doing. We're going to create some uh, tutorial videos together that yeah. um, help people hone the skills and to. Um, to understand your 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 mental process and how you achieve these absolutely stunning tattoos that you create, so that's that's one thing for the future that I'm I'm really looking forward to, and um, the design is going to be used by Tina right here. Yeah. So we work as a team again. Yeah. And of course, she she will look at the design in a manner to give people the best reference we can get yeah and i try to do my best of course yeah and we could try eventually ask people what they really want to see mm -hmm. and the majority will will try to find a design and show them whatever they want to see mm. even if it's a, a portrait or a face of human or animal or anything else mm. i think that um your portraits are stunning. Um, the 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 way you tattoo hands hands are so hard oh, to you know hands. yeah you, oh, it's clear yeah. you love hands but oh, yeah. most people hate tattooing hands you know like like, like yeah it's it's incredibly difficult to do a do a hand well but um, yeah so we're gonna we're gonna capture capture some of that on on video and uh, then we're gonna sit and talk about it over the video and. Um, you know, get all those details in it so people can understand exactly what you're doing and uh, and, and, the, and the process of that. And, um, you know, it, it's that that's going to create something that's going to last longer than the tattoo almost because it's going to pass on to, to, to other people and translate. And it's, it's like you said, you know, you'd love to be able to uh, teach people how you do what you do. And I think, I think this yeah, is going to be a... Stuff, yeah, I think... My time is now to pass on whatever I learned. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I think that knowledge knowledge shouldn't stay with yeah, someone, you know. It's not mine. No, and, and, and it should be shared. Yeah. It I only experienced it, but it's not mine. Yeah. Knowledge is out there, you just have to take it. So I'm giving it away. Okay. Yeah. So in the future, obviously, you want to buy this bit of land in, in Romania. Yeah. And create this uh, paradise escape for artists. Uh, really, it's yeah. um, and and would you would that would obviously would there be an educational element of that, or would it just be a place where people can come and work? Or we don't know yet. Yeah, it's just a dream, but that dream can expand. Yeah, or make it less big. Refined, refined, refined. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Because um, we thought first, we thought of a place where we can invite, you know, like hundreds of people coming there and spend their time, you know, even get a couple of paragliders going up to see the place from up high because mm. it's really unique. So it's more than just uh, coming there to tattoo or paint or sculpt. It's you know lift up your spirit mm. yeah. certainly sounds like somewhere that I'd like to go anyway mm -hmm. so I wish you the best of luck with that thank you 
Thank you very much. I, I, I hope thank that you, you uh, thank you. I, I hope that you achieve all your dreams. You've you've done it well so far, and I, I think that you've kind of got the formula cracked for um, you know creating the things that you, that you want in life. There's things yeah. in between that that are clearly going to happen before before that happens. There's things that you need to put in place, yeah. um, and um, obviously that's the success of your studio um and you know build on that because that's what's going to be able to fund you to be able to create that 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 next step um but also you starting to tattoo tina and um you know to 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 create yourself as as an artist it's gonna double your potential to be able to make that next move and whether it's five years ten years from now you know um i think that if you keep on going the way you're going you you, you're gonna achieve that you know so um, she already knows much that most of the people doesn't know and she didn't even start it yeah so i think in the moment when she's gonna start she'll be much better than most of the people that have 10 years experience yeah yeah yeah, I, th I do think that you're gonna hit the ground running and um, skyrocket. Really, I think that you've got huge potential as a, so as a as a tattoo I'm artist. Grateful for each step that uh, I took together with Sorin and the people that we we met you as well, because we learn from all and we share the passion and something brought together. Yeah, just get a little bit of everything and put put it all together, and um, yeah, you're gonna gonna create your future from that. So, well, it's been lovely talking to you. Well, thank you very much for Th having us. Thanks for coming up to the studio and helping us out with my diary. I've been quite ill, and uh, you know, it's been a been a big help for uh, for for me in the studio. And uh, he's gonna be back doing it, doing yeah, a bit more. Really so. Said for so long that we should come and see Richard, you know, do guests there. But we were so busy doing things. Now yeah, you've been. Stuff. You yeah. always made and a difference in, end, in our lives when we were mentioned yeah. about you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was something positive, you see. And we didn't know how to handle till one day when things. Alignment. It's, it's, uh, that, uh, it just comes down to alignment. When, when you. There might be something that you want in life uh, and you know you want it, but you're not ready, you know, like, and, and there's other things that need to come first. But when things do line up and the opportunity is there and you're able to take that step, then you've got to be brave enough to take the step, don't you? You know, it doesn't matter what it is, yes. you know, and this is the thing again with, with, with having that idea, making a plan on how you're going to do it and then actually taking the steps to do it so you know we're, we're here now and that this it, it probably wouldn't have been the right time any, yeah. any any sooner you know that's that's how i see it you know this is the perfect time for you to be here um it took me being ill and you know lockdowns and all the rest of it to to for, for it to happen you know but i do think that it's 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 the right time and now we're making plans to do these tutorial videos to help other people hone the skills and not yeah. We never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never know. Of course, we 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 were talking about you know trying to come 
more often to the studio, helping you out. And help yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. It's a mutual help. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We have together something really nice for people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to our future working together. Um, you just asked us uh, if I'll build you a new machine, so oh, yeah. looking yeah. forward to doing that. Yeah. Looking forward to having it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and well, I was watching the tutorials. Yeah. We both want uh, machines, but I need that really big grip, and she needs a, a smaller one. Mm. I'm gonna be making both of you a machine, aren't I? I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna be making you your first machine. Wow! Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. Like that's that, that's that's gonna yeah, happen I mean, as well, I'm isn't it? Ask Richard to make me a machine. Yeah. Because you know question. that the F type and the new one. Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah, I, I will, I will, I will. Be. Of course, it wasn't in my head to do it. Mm. I had other things to do. But now that we are here, well, I have to say it. We need two machines. <laughs> <laughs> And both of them will be engraved, and both of them are going to have opals in it. Both of them are going to be completely unique to you, and like no other type of machine in the world. So, I'll build you special machines, and um, yeah, I think we're gonna, you know, build some some other special stuff together as well. So, so like special bridge, I was saying. Yeah, like yeah. You said before about machines. When you pick up a machine and you feel it, and you feel the vibration, and you don't have to look at the power supply to see the voltage. Because mm. you know the way it vibrates and it hits the skin. But with your machine, the problem is you have to feel it way much than the others. Because mm. yours is not vibrating at all. Mm. See? That is how it's what I need to learn about mm. it. The only thing. Because you have it and you don't feel anything. It's like holding a brush. Mm. For that moment, it's only up to you what you're doing. Yeah. The o I think the only thing that you can feel is the tip of the needle. Yeah. You start to, like with my machines, you can actually feel exactly what the needle's doing in the skin yeah. instead of like having that vibrational feel in your hand, which kind of cancels out the, 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 the feeling yeah, of the skin. The skin yeah. And it's that feeling that... Mm. Um, one of the things that you've said about my machines is that, um, you, that you can't soften it. What I believe is that um, the tattoo machine's job is to put ink in the skin. It's our job to control how it puts ink in the skin. Yeah. And to, to create a soft hit machine that actually reduces the capability of the machine putting ink into the skin doesn't make sense to me i think that like we, we're better to learn that skill set of controlling how we we, we we use that machine to to, yeah. to soften it with our hands um so it does require uh, a, an extra level of technique because it takes away the the um it's like having traction control on a car you know uh, so stop the wheels spinning, you know. Yeah. It, like people who use traction control on the car, it's because they can't really drive the car with its full potential, you know. So learning to control that power um, improves the skill set of the driver, and it's it's the same thing with the with, with my machines. The 
the the incredibly powerful and um it's up to us to 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 learn to uh that extra soft touch and 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 you learn that by the feeling of the feedback that you get from the tip of the needle um so well, the only thing that i have to do is forget about the rest of the machine and learn how to use yours because mm. it's like uh, shutting out the ears you know shutting out the ears and trying to not to listen to anything because mm. before i was relying on my hearing how to sound the machine you know then how it hits mm. because if the sound it wasn't good i knew it from the start that it's going to hit too hard or just too soft but now because i can't hear it i can't feel it mm. I don't know what he's doing unless mm. I touch the skin. Yeah. But when I do, I have to be sure that what I'm doing is right. Yeah. This is what I have to learn. Mm. Um, well, I'll build you a, a, a new machine that's it's going to last your lifetime. Your kids are going to inherit it, um, and you know it'll uh, it'll help you hone your skills to to even higher levels. So. Because yeah. you don't have to worry about any of that, the sound or anything like yeah, that anymore. Yeah, it just purely exactly. becomes about yeah. what the machine's actually doing. So, so anyway, Soren and Tina from Fidelio Art in St Ives, Cambridgeshire. Um, we can find you on Facebook, Instagram. Is it all the same name right the way across? Yeah. Um, do you have a website? Yes. Yeah, Fidelio Art Ltd. Oh no, it's FidelioArt.com. FidelioArt.com Yeah, before that it was LTD, but I cancelled that. Basically. Yeah. So if anybody wants to go and uh, check out Sorin's work, uh, highly recommend that you do. If you're anywhere near St. Ives, Cambridgeshire, then uh, and you're looking for a tattoo, especially if you're looking for um, incredible photorealism, colour portraits, um, whether it's an animal or a, or a person or um, whatever it is that you're looking for, certainly check them out because uh works absolutely incredible so thanks again guys for for, for coming on looking forward to seeing you tina and, and your and, and your work and uh yeah we'll uh catch us all on the on the next podcast um yeah look forward to it and also keep an eye out for these tutorial videos that are going to be because they're going to be pretty special um you know the, the rest of out there but i think we're going to do this in a different passionate about the work to uh to, to level that up so thanks again guys thank you to you and the immortal tattoo you're welcome bye-bye <laughs>